0: Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. On today's program, we're going to deal with some of the most important facts that we've ever presented before you in the many decades we have been one of the relatively lone and solitary voices. And I don't want to embellish what we did beyond what we did, but we were functioning and we are functioning as one of the few voices crying out in the wilderness, a wilderness of warning, and adopting a modern role in being um, a watchman on the wall, which was a biblical, a biblical assignment in ancient Israel that when the enemies of Israel were hiding all around the great camps of Israel, the enemies of Israel wanted to wipe them out. They wanted to massacre them uh, when they were defenseless. So the watchman on the wall had a special duty. He climbed up into a high tower, a uh, watchman on the wall, the tower he climbed up on. And when he was up there in the tower, it gave him visibility of many, many miles for all, for, from all different directions. And so his job, and then below him was the, was the giant camp of Israel, where, where the soldiers and the army and the stockpiles of food and weaponry and women and the children were all there in the camp of Israel to be protected by God to be protected by the watchman and it was a it was a holy place and the whole point of it was that God well God spelled it out this way very simply he said to, he first of all the call of a watchman is a supernatural call you don't call yourself to be a watchman second of all the call of a watchman is of the highest Priority to God, and so God so all the, the Israeli leaders and those who knew uh, the Jewish law and the Jewish tradition, they all knew about the role and the function of the watchman on the wall of Jerusalem, which was simply this: God said to the watchman, after he selected the watchman with divine appointment, he selected the watchman, and he spoke to the watchman and said that it's your job to keep your eyes on the lookout. For any enemy that would attempt to sneak in upon my people, and any enemy that would attempt to destroy my people when they're trying to live securely with their women and children in the camp of Israel. So that was supposed to be a very sober charge, in fact, a terrifying charge, because God himself is saying, if you mess this up, and then God specifically says to the watchman, if you fall asleep on your job, As the watchman on the wall, you daydream. If you fail to recognize the enemy coming at you from a distance, knowing that that enemy is going to eventually bring his armies and military right to your camp, and then he's going to conduct a mass slaughter of the children of Israel, it would be brutal, it would be destructive, and I'll leave the rest to your imagination of what happened. So the watchman's up in the wall. He's supposed to keep his eyes peeled. That means he's supposed to stay conscious and awake. He's supposed to stay on the job. He's supposed to stay on the lookout. So he does all that. And he resists the temptation to take a nap, and he stays up all night for the allotted time, etc., etc., keeping a lookout against the armies that would come against Jerusalem. And then finally, one day during his job, when he's doing his job as the watchman, he notices in between the, the, the shrubbery, the brushes, the trees, uh, the vegetation, the, the, the hills and the rocks. It looks like it's just one wall with, with different parts of nature there. But as the watchman keeps his trained eye upon what exactly is going on, he notices that very subtly, with with almost hardly any difference in the shades to see, Uh, The watchman notices that the enemy is moving around and moving closer to the camp of Israel, under the pretense that they're just you know a bunch of bushes. Bushes obviously don't (laughs) don't move, but but they're pretending to be they're they're attempting to blend in to the environment. In the same way, when you look at many modern militaries around the world today, what you will see in their in their Uh, uniform, in the military uniform that they wear when they're in combat or when they're in battle, militaries around the world will often wear a a combat outfit. They call it a camouflage outfit, or there are outfits made specifically for desert terrains, forest terrains, the winter, the snow, different outfits, so that when you glance at them at a, a distance... You don't see individual soldiers or trucks or tanks or whatever. All you see is the foliage, the trees, the leaves, because their actual outfits are deliberately designed to look like they were vegetation. The same, the same color tones found in the surrounding vegetation are incorporated into the uniform. So you can't really tell the difference from a distance, no pun intended. You can't tell the difference between the shrubbery, the uniform, and and the blending in colors of the uniform. And this is the same strategy that our military uses and militaries around the world use when they attempt to use colors in their uniform to blend in, okay? So the watchman notices and he sees movement way off in the distance. Then he sees little glimmers of light, etc., reflecting off the metal from their armaments, their swords, their shields. And then he notices that this is not just, you know, him daydreaming or whatever. He realizes that his eyes are fixed upon a threat, a military threat of an enemy nation coming to wage war against the camps of Israel with the the intention of breaking down the doorways of ancient Israel and slaughtering their soldiers, their women, and their children, because they, they have been seduced into falling into sleep. They've been seduced into kicking back and, and letting go of that critical focus look at their environment. So he does immediately what he has been commanded and instructed to do by God. And this is what God says. And God said and continues to say to this day, You're to blow the shofar as loud as you can. You're to blow the shofar, which is the trumpet blast of the warning. So God, when God's people are trained from leadership down on to the regular person, God's people are trained that when they hear the trumpet blast blaring, of the watchman on the wall, that they are to to rally together, obey the warning of the trumpet blast, and gather together and make sure that that all their uh, the camp of Israel military living facilities are all buttoned down. All the gates are closed and locked. All the tall gates are securely in place everywhere you can come in or go out of the, of the grounds and the uh, place where people live. Anywhere where the people or children or women of Israel would gather has to be supplemented and supported by heavy-duty boxes, weights, swords, you know, Arrows, stockpiles of arrows, potential access to fire and water to both start fires and to drown fires through water, and then powerful and highly trained Israeli soldiers are assigned uh, their guard posts that that make them almost embedded in the fortified command center where the Jews live and where the Jews are on the lookout for the enemy and so the watchman keeps blowing the trumpet or the shofar and finally. The entire encampment, the entire grounds of Israel have been beefed up, supplemented, and they're totally protected. And when I say totally protected, it's contingent upon their obedience to the Lord, and their protection is contingent upon their preparation and readiness to obey the Lord, because they had a whole list of assignments, uh, military protection assignments, that had to be initiated Twenty-four-seven as simply preparatory assignments, and then they had the actual watchman on the wall assignments, where they, at the last hours or minutes, buttoned down uh, the facilities where the people lived, and and made sure they were under the protection of heavy fortification. So when the enemy thought they were surprising the children of Israel, when the enemy apparently came from the middle of nowhere, and then all of a sudden, began to show. Ch- began to charge the fortified gates of the Israeli compounds and and military areas, when the enemy charged the gates, when the enemy attempted to light the gates on fire, when the enemy attempted to break down the gates and plunge into the encampment in order to set fire, and then with the intention, and the the murderous intention of their hearts, was to burn the people they were invading alive, to wipe out all the Jews, to kill them, stone them, murder them, massacre them, rape the women, and God forbid, rape the children, and then utterly destroy uh, the encampment of Israel. Now, what God wanted to do was be the Lord God of Israel, and he wanted to supernaturally protect his chosen people, Israel. So if the watchman on the wall was faithful to his assignment, and the minute he saw the the, the enemy coming in from a distance. He immediately, the watchman, immediately blew the trumpet or the shofar of a warning. This roused the watchman on the wall, and they roused through the blowing of the trumpet. They roused the, the soldiers of Israel, the military of Israel. They were roused to man the battle stations, so to speak. They were, were commanded to man the battle station, position themselves strategically at every potential entranceway or any potential uh, entrance which represented vulnerability on the part of ancient Israel. And if they were in sync with God and doing what God told them to do, and if they weren't asleep spiritually, you see, you have to understand something very basic here. There's a very basic biblical teaching principle that is being communicated by God to us and his people. And we need to look at that for a moment before we move on. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report, and one of the things we do on the Paul McGuire Report, it would be more accurate to say that this is the Paul McGuire Watchman on the Wall Report, because it's a prophetic news, information, and warning uh, program, technology, and it, it flows from my role, and I, I will say what I think, and I'm very careful about saying things like proclaiming titles upon myself, but I would say that there's no question that what I have been doing over the last 40 years or more, and it's definitely more, but over for, for over 40 years I have been, not in my own eyes, but I have been a faithful watchman on the wall of Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem representing not only the children of God in ancient Israel, but I've been a faithful watchman on the wall regarding God's people, true Christians, and the supernatural body of Christ all over the United States of America and all over the world. And among my numerous assignments from God were were assignments like um, blowing the trumpet as a watchman on the wall, um, winning souls to Jesus Christ especially peoples whose minds have been captured by the Luciferian forces of our age, specifically going after those kinds of people and winning them to Jesus Christ, because that's what I asked God for the ability to do many decades ago. I noticed that in the landscape of what's called Christendom, I saw a lot of people supposedly coming to Christ or things that were called supposedly evangelistic crusades. I'm not here to judge uh, whether or not a fruit of those things was was valid or not that 's not my place, but my place was to to tell the truth and to discern the truth and I noticed that we had all these claims of salvation. But when I would look around Southern California, which at that time had more vibrant Christian churches than than any place else on planet earth, in fact, when I would get on my other radio show, I would say bluntly uh, over the air, that Southern California is the Mecca of evangelical Christianity. It's like the unofficial headquarters of evangelical Christianity. And so with all these claims of salvations, I saw zero or little uh, taking back of the land that the enemy stole. I saw the enemy encroaching in on God's people over and over and over again, And and the enemy, as it was crashing through the gates of God's people, the enemy would rob, steal, and kill the work of God. And there would never be a voice of protest. There would be hardly ever, hardly ever a voice of opposition. And no matter how egregious and disgusting and outrageous these attacks were against the people of God, it seemed as if, and I'm not including everybody in this statement. I'm not trying to make a blanket statement. But it seemed as if um, the enemies of God could do anything they wanted to God's people, and there would be no uh, spiritual blowback. And the enemies of God's people knew this, and it only incited them to become more aggressive. So I saw that, and I purposed in my heart that I would be, um, as best I could, a faithful watchman on the wall. And so I began to blow the trumpet regarding all kinds of things. I wasn't looking for a name or a position or whatever, but I blew the trumpet. I alerted people to, to important Things happening to the body of Christ, and that message uh, ricocheted throughout California and the nation in the form of the Paul McGuire show, a nationally syndicated radio show. So I was faithful to blow the trumpet. Now here was the irony: I didn't always win enormous popularity from Christian leaders, but I did get their their secret grudging respect because their congregations all over Southern California would be listening to me every day, anywhere from one hour to four hours a day, Monday through Friday, not counting all the repeats on the weekends. And they would keep re-airing the show out of the, across the state of California. And so they heard. They're, although the Christian leaders would often pretend or, or ignore the dangers, their, their congregants would, would listen to my program How did I know? They would tell my producer when they called in. It was a call-in show. And they would tell me what was going on. And so I took a stand and blew the trumpet, and we had amazing results. But I also took, and don't kid yourself if you think, well, you're just going to go out and blow the trumpet. I also took a lot, a lot of heat. And the heat wasn't so much from atheists, agnostics, and people who say to whatever degree that they're enemies of, of Christianity. The heat that I took came from the Christian culture, because when you say publicly that you're blowing the trumpet and you're bringing the people's attention to all these issues that represent an enormous danger to the body of Christ, when you do that and you're in every and your voice is being heard in every town, in every city, in every community in the state of California, both Northern California and Southern California. You have an enormous presence and impact, no matter what you say. And so I did that faithfully. I'm not looking for an applause. I did it faithfully. And if you continue to do that kind of thing faithfully, God will continue to expand your territory and your influence despite despite, uh, opposition. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, not only did I warn about things that were happening, this is going back 20 years ago. And it goes back closer than that. But not only did I warn about a whole series of things that were happening, I mobilized God's people, as did a number of other people who had access to the media. I mobilized them to actually take a stand for California for the first time in their life. And I won't go into the highly publicized, highly profiled stands we took, but believe me, we we, we shook the ground and things changed. But the the leadership uh, was very, and remains to this day, very disengaged, very resistant. And I simply have to ask you if you're listening, many, many, many of the things that I warned about going back 20 years ago on radio all over California, I would have to say that almost all of the things that I warned about in graphic detail to mothers, to fathers, to families, to churches, to Christian churches, to Christian society, to secular society, all of the things that I warned about over and over and over again. Well, guess what? As the years went by, they all began to become true and materialize out in the open in Southern California. So there are horrific things going on right now, all over California and Southern California. And these horrific things uh, in, in many spheres of our society, including the educational system, these horrific things I warned about and spelled out to the Christian community and the leadership. I spelled out to them in detail what was going to happen in a very few short years if they didn't begin to stand to the warning of the shofar and and to be proactive. So now parents are screaming all across the country. All across California, and they're screaming that they have no—you know—nobody's paying attention to them, and that they have no power, they have no control over what's going on, and all—all kinds of radical agendas are being uh, indoctrinated into their children, and—and they feel despairing and they're panicked. Well, guess what? And this is not about being me bragging. I'm not interested in bragging. That's—that's rotten satisfaction for what I'm going to tell you. Anybody who would take any amount of rejoicing in the painful lessons of his brothers and sisters, despite the fact that they practically got down on their knees and begged for it, is sick. And I'm not sick, and I am not pathological, and I do not like what is happening to my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. But I must say this. I know that, as for myself and my outreach, which reached millions over the years, that we warned repeatedly Based on facts, based on documentation, based on constant support of what I was trying to warn about by having guests on my program on a regular basis who had huge respected names in the body of Christ. And they would come on my show and they would uh, help me drive the message home because they had incredible authority and influence and power in the Christian community. And if I dropped their names, you would know who they all were. They're famous. But I'm not here to drop names. So here we are, you know, decades later, and all hell is breaking loose, and everything that I warned about has come to be true. And and I'm not saying that to 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 say in the most infantile way. Look, I told you so. That's that's very hollow satisfaction. The only reason, my only purpose in bringing it up again, is this. And I hope you understand, and discern the motives of my heart. This is the reason I'm bringing it up again. I'm bringing it up again because we have just as a society as Christians living in the society in America we have just gone through approximately 3 years or more of living of America being forced and the American people and American Christians and and Americans of every kind we have gone through a season of being forced to live in some kind of neo totalitarian marxist communist uh, style of government where where our rights do not matter, where where our rights have been assaulted, our rights have been dominated, we have been ordered around as if we were slaves, our constitution, our bill of rights, our freedoms, both on the national level and the federal level, have been outrageously assaulted and attacked and literally dictatorial type edicts have been issued from the highest offices of power in America such as the presidency such as the federal government such as the the heads of the state of California and all the other states and we have been told when and where we can go out of our houses we have been told if when and where we can fly on a jet to visit our family we have been told if and what and when and where if we can have church We've been told, can we have church? We've been told we cannot have church. We've been told that we must wear masks for our medical good. And then we were ordered not to wear our masks for our medical good. And now we're in a a different round. And after we have the history of being ordered to, to wear masks to prevent COVID, and then we were ordered to go into social isolation, we were ordered to shut down our churches, and the 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 results of that is that countless churches were were forced to shut down because of these draconian measures the result of this is that countless numbers of independent businesses owned by middle class working class people that was their primary source of income and they were doing well about well with it and their businesses collapsed their churches collapsed their their Family owned businesses collapsed. And they, all of the, these things unnaturally collapsed because of dictatorial edicts from California and from the state. But the hypocrisy embedded in these edicts were things like the following. And let's just review it again. Okay. So the COVID is coming out. We're told all this stuff. Most of the stuff we're told is questionable. Much of it is not even true. And then we're told that we have to do what they're telling us to do and that if we and then those that did what they were told to do ended up losing their churches losing their businesses which all began to collapse the, the one week in the beginning we were told we we must wear masks then after a year or so or more we were told no nope, wearing masks is a bad thing and uh, you should not wear masks So we're getting completely contradictory messages, orders, and instructions on how to protect ourselves from the COVID pandemic. First we're told get masks, then we're told in, in a in a freak out communication, well, no, we're we're reversing what we said. We're telling you now you should not wear masks. And now, as we hear rumors and your 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 ears should be very discerning by now, but now we're hearing rumors of a new uh, COVID pandemic on the horizon. And I don't know if that's true or not. We're hearing stories, again, which I don't know if they're true or not, but we're hearing stories about how Bill Gates has bought up spending billions or who knows how much money, billions of dollars Bill Gates is allegedly building up, um, uh, infecting uh, mosquitoes with the DNA of uh, COVID-19. And so when these mosquitoes make their way to their destination, and then the mosquitoes start to bite people in the hot and the moist climates, the the mosquitoes end up infecting the population with COVID-19 and the COVID pandemic. And so now we're being warned about a potential new variant of COVID that is supposed to be stronger, more powerful, and more deadly than the first outbreak of COVID. And this new variant of COVID is supposedly the direct product of this trillionaire class buying up hundreds of millions of mosquitoes, infecting them with the COVID uh, pandemic, and then deliberately releasing them through secretive ways. Now, hear what I'm saying. It has been alleged that certain people allegedly have been targeting and contaminating uh, all kinds of mosquitoes with the COVID vaccine. And then they're secretively distributing those mosquitoes, secretly releasing those mosquitoes on areas of the population where the, the mosquitoes will have the easiest chance of going into any given population, biting the people with a mosquito bite. And the mosquito bite functions as if it was from a mechanical standpoint, it's similar to being injected with a, a COVID uh, nineteen vaccination. So when the mosquito, you know, goes around your body and you get that little pinch sensation in your physical body, and you know, you know, it's a mosquito that just bit you, now you're on red alert because that little mosquito bite that bit you. Is also a carrier of COVID 19 or the COVID virus. And the entire biological mechanical system by which the mosquito bites you and inserts the COVID virus or the COVID vaccination into your bloodstream, that is just like the mechanics of that are just like you took a hypodermic needle that was. Preloaded with a certain amount of a COVID-19 vaccine, and then when you inject that hypodermic needle with the COVID vaccine into your skin, it goes. It passes the blood-brain barrier and infects you with the COVID-19 uh, virus, and then you're sick. And it's not a new plague. It's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a weapon that has been scientifically manufactured to to artificially spread COVID. So you see what, what that's about. Now, given the fact that these allegations have been published far and wide, one would have to ask the question, given these allegations, who exactly is it that that was really behind the first COVID ban- pandemic? Who, who was it? Was it, a, I mean, because it's not what we're being told in the media. It's not what we're being told in our government. No, what's going on is far nastier, far dirtier, far more evil, far more demonic than any of the cover stories that we have been previously told about what COVID is and why COVID is spreading. Because you see, we implemented all the procedures that we were told to implement. And even though we implemented all the procedures that we were told to implement, such as wearing a mask such as social isolation such as shutting down churches or not going to restaurants or not going to movie theaters the endless list of instructions that we were given and many of us followed uh which were de- which were designed to to destroy social contact primarily we were told that at the end of the day by if we would just get the vaccine and and socially isolate ourselves away from the possibility of getting COVID, that if we would do those things, we could reverse the COVID pandemic, we could stop the COVID pandemic, and we could turn the tide of the battle against COVID in a positive direction. Okay, so the great masses of people did exactly what the government told them to do. And guess what happened? What happened was, item by item by item, line by line, Everything that we did or were told to do that would stop, block, prevent, or reverse COVID, when we obeyed Fauci and and the rest of those sociopaths, we actually ended up catching worse forms of COVID and people were sick. And then, and then we were constantly assured how totally safe the COVID vaccination was. But as time went on, we discovered. Uh, after many medical research, after many prominent doctors alleged that that there were certain very very dangerous things uh surrounding this covid vaccine, and then we discovered that they were perfectly healthy male athletes in the prime of their life and the prime of their physical health, and these super athletes were literally dropping dead on football fields, soccer fields, baseball fields, basketball courts, all kinds of outdoor sports, men in in the greatest health of their lives, men who were in tip-top shape before the entire nation and other nations were literally literally dropping dead on the uh, playing fields across America. Now, you know, you can sedate yourself all you want to, And you can tranquilize yourself to heaven and back. And you can watch reruns of whatever TV show you want to watch reruns of. But the bottom line is there is something extremely unnatural about men in their physical prime who are taking every effort to physically keep their immune system strong, their cardiovascular system strong, and their bodily performance strong. They're doing everything they can because they're professional athletes and they're pr- pr- playing aggressive, uh, uh, special uh, fields of athletics like football, like baseball, like basketball courts, like they're playing for huge championship sums of money. And a certain percentages of these guys with no previous record of heart problems Or other physical problems, a disturbing percentage of these men in their prime, for no apparent reason, while the television cameras are running, they literally are dropping dead on the sports fields of America or the soccer fields of South America. We have an epidemic of these superstar athletes literally dropping dead, and 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 the the CDC and all the pro-vaccination people don't have an answer. But you have literal armies of, of doctors making allegations. And what they're saying is these doctors that are alleging that the dropping dead, that, the, that, that, it, that it was the people that took the, the pandemic uh, vaccine. The people that took the pandemic vaccine were the ones that were having the major catastrophic health problems that were killing off people that were causing people to drop dead, especially in the pulmonary and cardiovascular areas. And many medical doctors and researchers, they came forward, but they were attacked. Their information was suppressed. They came forward and warned the American public that there were allegedly undisclosed medical factors, undisclosed medical uh, uh, problems that the COVID vaccine creates in the human body. And then we discovered they lied about just about everything. We were told totally safe for kids. And now there's all kinds of epidemics of the COVID vaccine affecting on a deadly level, all kinds of categories of young children, like three to four-year-olds or one to four-year-olds or, you know, young infants, young teens, young children. Young adults. So all the parameters, all the guidelines that they gave us and they kept reassuring us that if you take the vaccine and it's only if you're really old or something that it's going to be like potentially dangerous for you. Well, it turns out that they were lying. I said it turns out in terms of allegations, medical doctors, medical researchers, researchers were alleging that they were lying. And so you now have two kinds of people in America. And and if if ever before I ask you to track with me and focus in and, and give me your full attention, I'm asking you now because what I'm about to talk to you about will be brief, but it will tell you the truth that many of these medical doctors are alleging. And you need to know what it is because you won't be able to deal with what is coming soon. Sooner than you think, you won't be able to deal with it unless you have a knowledge of the truth. We've been talking to you about that for decades now on the Paul McGuire Report. And we have articles and videos and archive videos, and we have all kinds of stuff for you to spread to other people uh, at paulmcguire.us. So here's how it plays out. I have done my own personal research reading thousands of pages. And it's very difficult for me because I'm not a medical doctor. I am not, uh, you know, uh, a virologist. I'm not somebody who specializes in any of these fields. But I've read enough medical research papers. I've read enough information about why the COVID vaccine is behaving like some weaponized alien spacecraft that has come to Earth and is in a search-and-destroy mission. So here are the questions the medical researchers are asking. Here's number one question. With all the talk about the the COVID uh, pandemic vaccine being good for you, with all the talk about that, it doesn't seem to match up to the real facts because the COVID vaccination seems to inject a microscopic, or even smaller than microscopic, uh, nano chip. So you have, on the super microscopic level, a super microscopic uh, nano chip. It's a chip that is so so tiny, that that it is smaller than a nano chip, and this super nano chip technology enables that that little tiny microscopic particle known as the nanochip implant. And what is a nanochip implant? A nanochip implant is a nanochip that is able to conduct uh, basic functions, produce, produce basic things, and the nanochip can Release, for example, into the body and blood of a human being, it can release uh, the nano vaccine. It can release the, the pandemic virus. It can release a a new variant of the pandemic uh, virus. It can release all kinds of deadly diseases. In addition, because these nanochips have what scientists and medical researchers refer to as self. Directed uh, nanochip uh, uh, products. So the nanochip is microscopic, it's injected into your uh, bloodstream, and then it has built into it computerized AI technology. So in the nanochip implant exists computerized nanochip technology that is designed to Create a self replicating or self reproducing or self growing uh, nanotechnology inside the human bloodstream inside the human body and inside the human mind so so you're injected with a nanoship implant which you get because you're told it's going to help you survive the the uh, pandemic virus but what it really does over the long term because it's a self assembling nanochip technology. That means it has its own microscopic computer brain inside of it, and it starts with nothing, and then it begins to grow in massive size inside your body and mind due to its self-assembling nanochip technology. Then it increases in intelligence, it increases in performance, and finally it grows to, to such an extent inside the human body that it can carry out very sophisticated functions such as it can inject your body with the the pandemic it can it can cause your body to receive a a surge of biochemicals and dna mapping which creates an artificial an artificially intelligent nanovirus a microscopic electronic virtual machine virus. And once that grows inside your body, it's next to impossible, if not impossible, depending upon which doctors you talk to, for that thing to evolve itself into a deadly virus that will kill off millions and millions and millions of people. So this is the danger we're facing. Now, remember the basic plan that the enemies of the world and the enemies of Christians and the enemies of good people and the enemies of the children of God all over planet Earth remember the basic operating principles that they operate by. And in, in just a nanosecond, we're going to come back on the Paul McGuire report and give you the itemized bullet points that will nail down for you their secret, covert battle plan to not only take over the United States of America, but they have a secret battle plan, which also encompasses taking over the world and taking over different nations in the world, depending upon where all of that is released. Okay, this is Paul McGuire. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. So think of this, conceptualize this in your mind because you're still one of the people left in America and one of the people left on planet Earth that still has the power to use your mind. And one of the reasons that you have the power to use your mind is that you have chosen to to habitually use, develop, grow, and enhance your mind by reading, by thinking, by questioning. And that makes you a person of power. In today's world, Being a person of power is a rare thing. And I hope that one of the side effects, if you will, of listening to the Paul McGuire Report is that we have imparted into you uh, the how-tos of how to keep your mind, your body, and your spirit operating at a critical level, a critical level in terms of its effectiveness. And this, there's no way you can walk around and say you're going to be part of a last day's revival or, you know, a biblical third awakening or you've got a call from God. That's great. But unless you're backing that up with studying science, logic, reason, studying the Bible, growing your mind, unless you're backing it up with tangible action that supports your stated intentions, you ain't going nowhere. And obviously I use the word ain't on purpose to drive home a point. And the only reason I have to say that is I always get somebody to correct my grammar. Sometimes I will deliberately abuse the grammar for the purpose of dramatically underscoring a point. Okay, so where are we? Now, this is, this is going to integrate in everything we've just been saying. And, and yet most of the people you know have no idea what you and I are talking about. And I've been talking about this for 50 years. The fact of the matter is, they have no, not even the most basic or initial understanding of what is now happening in the world, why this is happening in the world, and where it must go inevitably. And then you don't leave it there because if you left it there, you would lead people into hopelessness. The next phase of your journey into understanding is you must accumulate the knowledge and the wisdom and the power to be effective and strategic, strategic, and ultimately you have to develop yourself in the power of the Lord, the power of his word, to such an extent that you are able to take down your enemies and protect the children of God, the women of God, the men of God who cannot protect themselves. So in all of human history, there has never before in, in the, the, the history of human history, there has never before been a time period where the, where, where the validity of life itself and the human race has been so much up for grad, grabs. There has never been a danger zone to the degree that we have now entered that has ever existed to this extent in the history of the world. We live right now in an unprecedented danger zone. And so uh, what God is calling us to do, of course assuming we're willing to listen, what God is calling us to do is to immediately to immediately change the direction we were going in to immediately grasp the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding that is an absolute prerequisite to gaining power or gaining knowledge which will subsequently grant us power. We must immediately receive power and knowledge. And then we must know how to immediately change and transform the ebb and flow of human history with our will and our intention. Now, what is surprising to me is how many Christians, because of their superficial understanding of the Bible, what is surprising to me is how many Christians are afraid to openly use words that reflect a certain amount of sanity, such as We must openly state our intention, openly state our purpose, and openly state our goals. Of course, we must do that openly, because if we don't know what our goals are, we will never achieve them. And so we are in a period right now where, even at the most minimal levels of human understanding, we must realize that right now at this nanosecond, we're in a life and death battle for the survival of mankind. And it has never been the way it is now before in human history. So we are confronted with nothing less than a life or death choice. We must immediately repent of our apathy, our indifference, and our irresponsibility. And then we must immediately repent to God for failing to show up to the spiritual battle that he called us to and we must immediately repent by joining and participating in the spiritual battle. And that means we must become involved, educated, and engaged. And to the level by which we become educated, involved, and engaged, to whatever level that is, is to whatever level you and I will realize and see victory on behalf of our children, our grandchildren, our family, our churches and those we love. So you see, we're right at the edge of the precipice. Now, this revelation, this knowledge that concerns our survival and it concerns our mission from God involves that we understand exactly what the stakes are. We understand precisely what the enemies are that have been been unleashed to destroy us, and that we understand precisely what it is that we must begin doing differently as fast as possible so that we can turn around the spiritual tide of the battle and so that we can effectively be victorious in occupying the land until Jesus Christ comes. And by the way, there is no other option here. There's no retreat option. There's no fear option. The only option God has given us is to move forward in a victorious mindset, and take the land that God has commanded us to take. So I encourage you to visit the Paul McGuire website right now. Find out all the blog sites, podcasts, video channels that we're on. Make sure you spread them far and wide. Make sure you join them to break the rigging attacks. Make sure that you spread them. Make sure that you use them as tools. That's what they are. And then seek the Lord. And and sign up and join our social media, and that will destroy the artificial bot rigging and help us to have our message spread far and wide to as many people as possible. And take advantage of all the free or super discounted resources available to you at paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. This is Paul McGuire. We will be back in just a moment. This is Paul McGuire. Okay, let's talk about basics of survival, basics of winning the greatest spiritual battle for the hearts and souls of mankind in the history of the world, which, by the way, is the title of one of my recent books, which is entitled The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. All right, so this is the bottom line. We have to have a biblical worldview. That simply means with the way we process reality, history, science, sociology, whatever we're thinking about, whatever we conceptualize, is a basic foundational understanding to to understand reality. Whatever it is that that enables us to to make something coherent out of the chaos, whatever it is that we need to do that, and it's always truth, because you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then you have to understand the basic organizational structure in this world, planet Earth, in, in this reality, and that's a multi dimensional understanding, and the new world that is being brought into proximity into our world through the application of things like black physics, like uh, quantum physics, like uh, quantum mechanics. Electromagnetic frequencies. These sound like intimidating words, but they're not. I, I break them down into very simple ways to understand it. Okay, and once you begin to assimilate some of this material, and believe me, it, don't be don't be put off by the you know chest-beating sound of uh, the bravado of, of the fanciness of the words in the vocabulary. When you hear the the super scientific vocabulary. When I hear that kind of verbiage, I, my mind immediately thinks of Tarzan, in the old Tarzan and Jane movies. Okay, and when I hear some scientist or some person from the World Economic Forum pontif- pontificate and and use these unnecess- unnecessarily, you know, high vocabulary words, what I hear in my mind is like Tarzan beating his chest with his hands. You know, oh, oh, oh. that was pretty wimpy, I'm sorry, but I didn't feel like screaming through the entire building. Uh <laughs> half big Tarzan. So pretend you heard a full throttle Tarzan. And, and and that's the thing, man. You've got to not be intimidated. That's their they're blowing smoke in your eyes. They're trying to bluff you, they're trying to intimidate you by they figure that if they throw around Unnecessarily, a lot of high-level vocabulary and high-level pseudoscientific references then then they're, they're assuming that you're just going to pass out in a hypnotic trance and just completely believe anything they tell them but listen let, let, let me let me clue you in on a strategy. There are certain things that they know and they know what they're talking about. There's a certain percentage of things that fall in the category of its legitimate knowledge but let me tell you something from a researcher who's been around the block and talked to people in fields of high-level disciplines, okay? The overwhelming percentage of the bravado of the Tarzan thumping on his chest and, and hollering for Jane in the jungle, when they have to resort to that technique, that is simply because... They don't have the true intellectual, scientific, biological, or genetic scientific proof that they claim to have to prove or assert whatever position they're attempting to prove or assert. So it's a bluff. They're bluffing you and hoping that if they can scare you away and intimidate you by pseudo scientific mumbo jumbo, that you will bow to them and give in to them. Now, I, I, I'm asking you, like, politely, don't ever forget that's a strategy for, for for diminishing your voice. And when they're lying, you don't have to go along with it, okay? Just that simple. All right, so early on in mankind's history, certain men knew that these certain men are now called, or now referred to as the Illuminati elite. They claim to have been part of the interbreeding of human female DNA with fallen angel DNA and creating the hybrid race of the Rephium or Nephilim, which is a mixture between the DNA of man and the DNA of Nephilim or Rephium, and the Illuminati bloodline families claim to to have in their genetic history uh, they claim to to have their DNA was mixed with human DNA. And this created a hybrid species, known as the fallen angel DNA or the Nephilim orethium DNA. Now that used to be a far-fetched concept, but in the days of transhumanism, that's like nothing. That's like making yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So, so if somebody is like trying to crowd into your life and intimidate you, remember, understanding the basics of uh, of interspecies breeding. Is the biological DNA genetic equivalent of understanding um, the most primitive applications of, of genetic engineering? It's the it's the it's the equivalent of making yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Don't be intimidated by it. Okay, so these people who make who made a deal or a pact with Lucifer for power for money, Mystery Babylon. Those people who, who made a deal with the devil. And these are the people that are eventually going to get the mark of the beast technology, 666. These people are <clears throat> attempting to control planet Earth for Lucifer or Satan. This is what the Bible says. This is why you have to understand the Bible. This is exactly what the Bible says. Lucifer was the most powerful angel in God, among all the angels. But Lucifer seduced uh, the angels to join him in a revolution against the biblical God, and Lucifer coerced the rebellious angels to overthrow the throne room of God and to establish a counterfeit kingdom of heaven and a counterfeit uh, rule of God. This counterfeit of the rule of God and the throne room of God, depending upon whose side you're on, can be referred to as hell. It can be referred to, you, referred to you as the lake of fire. And of course, the, the place that believers go can be referred to as the kingdom of heaven, the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. So Satan's servants on earth um, have gravitated for thousands and thousands of years into developing high end genetic technology, into developing physics, multi dimensional technology and science, and by developing an entire arsenal of multidimensional weapons. And they are using the the occult scientific and the occult technological powers that they've known about for thousands and thousands of years. I mean, this goes back to places like Mount Hermon, that giant mountain over to the left when you're flying into Jerusalem, and you see Mount Hermon over to the left, and Mount Hermon is the first place where the angels, the fallen angels, descended upon Mount Hermon. They were attracted to human women. They mated human women, and they uh, uh, produced the the hybrid offspring race of the fallen angels and the human women DNA. But these fallen angels that descended upon Mount Hermon, they also gave to mankind Super secret occult technology, super secret occult principles, occult economic systems, occult engineering and scientific systems. And so modern technology, black physics, alchemical magic, psychic warfare, as well as scientific warfare, all flowed out of the illicit knowledge that Satan and the the fallen angels of God gave to mankind when they when they descended upon Mount Hermon. So these people who have been secretly serving Satan, these secret occultic elite families, who ultimately in our time, uh, they represent about 1% of the population of planet Earth, yet they control 99% of all the money, the power, and the fortunes. So this globalist elite that is running things on planet Earth right now only consists of of 1% of planet Earth. The rest of planet Earth, or the rest of the 99%, uh, they are the working class, the middle class, the ordinary people, the ones that will be left over after a great purge, and the ones that are left over will serve Satan's kingdom and Lucifer as if they were slaves. And so when we look at the most current version, it's like computers, Uh, every year or so, come out with the most current version for their software or computer or whatever. So you have stuff like Windows 4.0 or whatever, okay? Or you have this or that 2.0 or 7.0 or whatever. You have the new numerical reference to the latest version of the software. Well, the fallen angels and the Illuminati elite, or the Luciferian elite, or the globalist elite—they control 99 percent of the wealth of planet Earth, and they control all this secret scientific technology and, and secret scientific uh, sci- scientific knowledge that they are utilizing to enslave the mass population of planet Earth into being their slaves. And so, what I'm giving you is a short version. Of this is the way planet Earth really works. This is the way that the power structures of planet Earth really work, and this is right in front of your face: the nuts and bolts of power, the new world order, the Great Reset, and the future dictatorship plans for planet Earth by the, the largely invisible and globalist elite. I've given you the basic parameters about how this cosmic chess game is being played. Now when we look at this we recognize that right now where we are they have they they have had a collective mind change in the last 30 years for most of the time throughout human history with some exceptions the globalist elite the luciferian elite ruled the world and made mankind their slaves for their for their human empires And they were somewhat, and when I say somewhat benevolent towards their slaves, I mean they were a little bit kind. Not much, but a little bit kind towards their slaves. As the world has become more evil and more wicked, the mindset of the Illuminati elite, of the globalist elite, is to operate and enslave their fellow humans in a way that they have traditionally not done before. And that means. Their basic policy now in the world is to totally conquer planet earth, to totally enslave by force, brute force the billions of people on planet earth and to rule and reign planet earth on behalf of their god which is satan. And so that's their game plan and that's why you've seen in the last let's say 75 years approximately you've seen on a mass global level, you have seen or the history books have reported or uh, videos or films have shown you uh, that the time period we live in right now with the human race is we are currently in the bloodiest, most savage, cruel, uh, barbarian, soulless, sociopathic, psychopathic reign in all of human history. Because the globalist elite have changed their fundamental mindset and their fundamental game plan. In their fundamental mindset in the past, and in their fundamental game plan in the past, they used to incorporate a a certain percent percentage of dignity and a certain percentage of quasi-compassion they would dispense to the people they were enslaving. So that meant that even though they were very evil people, they made an effort to to treat the people they enslaved with with a very microscopic modicum of kindness. Well, guess what? That microscopic modicum of kindness that they used to, to display before their fellow man, they have now pulled the rug out from the carpet. They've, they've pulled it out, and they have disrupted any kind of order on planet Earth and they have moved completely out of the sphere of any kind of compassion or gentleness or or human goodness. They have totally thrown into the garbage, and now they are operating according to their true inner natures and according to the the, the dictates of the the primary principles of Satan. And what they how they're operating is based on pure Darwinian might makes right. They're operating on uh pure Darwinian, the, the fittest survive. So they're operating on a totally soulless mechanism of a totally brutal dictatorship where you kill or, or you be killed. And there is absolutely no mercy anywhere. It, it it becomes a brutal world. And so when you see mass world wars and mass conflicts in the world for the last 45 years or 75 years, what you see is stuff that you never saw before in the history of mankind. One example would be Adolf Hitler and the Nazi regime. It was probably the bloodiest, most cruel, most satanic, most evil uh, uh, dictatorship that served Satan ever created for the human race the Nazis with the swastika. Then the, the Russian communist KGB, hardcore communism, hardcore Marxism enslaving the human race like never before, stripping of them of their freedoms like never before, and a brutal 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 dictatorship based on godless marxism and communism. And then you go down the list of the horrible horrible things that mankind now does routinely to other men and women. So a recent case in point in all of this would be this mysterious covid pandemic that ended up killing countless millions, damaging them, destroying their reproductive capacities, and it was horrific. Yet, many doctors and medical researchers allege that what the COVID pandemic really was, when you dig for the truth, the COVID pandemic really was a a biological uh, warfare laboratory product. So ultimately, the greatest act of cruelty is, is well-financed scientists and nations, well-financed institutions like the United Nations, using their resources, their money and power collectively to unleash the, the most horrible uh, genetic biological weapons ever on the human race. And not only that, their level of cruelty has broken all records in that They have escalated their level of cruelty and their level of being a human monster to such a level that they will do absolutely anything in order to establish their satanic kingdom and satanic dominion. So they failed. Uh, They failed in their plan to obliterate the human race with the COVID virus, and so now they are so brazen that they're openly proclaiming, openly declaring that they're going to release a, a second and third and other waves of the COVID virus upon mankind. And these other waves of the COVID virus released on mankind will be called uh, the pandemic or COVID-19 variants because they're they're variations of the original COVID. And these COVID variants are designed to kill, steal, and destroy human beings beginning at the youngest age in the most brutal fashion. And allegedly, and I I can't determine the the entire truthfulness of not, but allegedly, these COVID variants, especially the ones that are intended to be the variants of the pandemic, what they are is the, the genetic components of the variant pandemic being artificially placed on countless millions of mosquitoes, and then the globalist elite secretly release these variants of the pandemic uh, carried by the the, uh, mosquitoes. They're released in certain hot uh, environmental zones and moist environmental zones with the intention of spreading new variants of the pandemic as fast as possible and killing off people as fast as possible. And then you discover that that a massive percentage of the rules and the procedures and the protocols that you were given by the CDC, the World Health Organization, and other globalist health institutions, and many billionaires and so-called experts on vaccines and viruses, they were telling you morning, night, noon, and day, the the endless lists of things that you had to do physically immediately in order to prevent you from getting COVID, from prevent you from getting the vaccine, preventing you from uh, getting sick and dying. So they told you and your families through the mass media that if you wear a mask, you'll be safe. If you're between certain ages, you'll be safe. If you do this, you'll be safe. If you practice social isolation, you'll be safe. If you don't go to church or public meetings or public gatherings or restaurants, you'll be safe. And then one after another, as you would check them off, it turns out that all the things that they promised you and your families and your children and your wives, that you would be safe if only you listened to them. If only you listened to them and made sure you got that that thing shoved up your nostril-nasal passage area. Well, many doctors have come forward and said that the that that thing i forgot what you call it the thing that they shoved up your nasal passage area in actually inducing blood that not only uh the swab or something not only did that not only did that not prevent you from getting uh some kind of immunity to the covid pandemic but that sticking that thing up your nose and and, and passing the blood brain barrier, essentially was almost the equivalent as if somebody took a hypodermic needle injection of the vaccine, pulled your head back, stuck it deep into your nostril, the needle. After it starts to bleed a little bit, they push in with their thumb the full load of of the vaccine. And what they've done is they've artificially vaccinated you in the nose with the pandemic virus so not only was that device useless in terms of preventing you from getting covid and developing an immunity it actually that that device and that mechanism was actually one of the most powerful ways that would guarantee that you would definitely catch the covid pandemic and the covid virus because you stuck up the actual virus, you stuck it up into your blood barrier, brain barrier stream, and you rammed it up your nose, which is blood. You see what I'm saying? What they told you to do would have killed you. If you said, no, I'm not going to get that, you'd have a good chance of living. Why is it that that you could visit many, many teachings that they would tell you, that their experts would tell you you need to do and then it turns out that if you did the very things they told you to do, you were going to drop dead. I mean, it kept happening. Then they told you social isolation. You'll, you'll survive if you just obey our social isolation laws. But the truth of the matter was, if you obeyed the social isolation laws, you could have easily died from many secondary diseases like depression, like the depression that comes from social isolation, the psychological harm. You could easily have contracted, uh, you know, they told you never go to a church or never go to a, a restaurant or whatever. Well, some other scientists came out with studies proving that, that if you deprive people from all life nurturing social interactions, you are monstrously devastating everybody's immune system and making them 100 times more likely to contract the COVID pandemic. So once again, if you did the opposite of what they told you to do, you'd be okay. And then the list keeps going on. The so-called certain drugs that they told you would save your life were actually the drugs or actually the vaccinations that essentially, according to some researchers, were allegedly going to kill you. Kill you. you. Did you hear what I said? Kill you. I could tell you private horror stories of people I know that almost died because they followed the protocols. Now, I'm not telling you whether to follow protocols or not, but if you walk around blindly following protocols, you are a dead man walking. And dead men walking tell no tales because you won't be around to tell them what really happened. So all these things constantly, and we'll fix the economy. Oh yeah, they fix the economy wonderfully. All the the backbone of the American economy, which is the middle class and the working class, they were obviously hit the hardest. Their restaurants, their family-owned businesses went bankrupt and belly up, where all the mega-globalist corporations, like the giant retail stores and the giant stores and the giant companies, they were all propped up with secret money and secret grants. None of them went bankrupt. They were saved. They were protected, but the people in the globalist elite—they elite, wanted to make sure that the, the the businesses, that the assets, that the restaurants, that the companies owned by the middle class and the working class—the globalist elite wanted to make sure that those family-owned, middle-class-owned uh, um, type businesses would all be decimated and destroyed. So, if you did what they said. You were going to go into bankruptcy, and they'd destroy your business. If you followed what the Lord was trying to tell you, you most likely survived the economic dips and the economic ups, and you recovered, and you survived, and you were victorious. Why? Again, I'm asking you the question, why is it that whatever we're discussing when it comes to these matters, if you did what they told you to do, you ended up getting sick or worse or dying or bankrupt? And then if you ignored what they told you to do and followed your common sense and the leading of the Lord, you survived, you were able to protect your money. Why is it as we go down the long list of things you need to do to survive that you see the overwhelming positive statistics regarding people who just didn't blindly obey the rules? Okay, so the globalist elite really don't care because they own everything. But The whole thing blew up in front of their faces. And now they need to to use their favorite weapons, which are fear. Their other favorite weapons are not only fear, but their favorite weapons are chaos, manufactured crisis, because they want to break your spirit. They want to break the spirit of a nation. And the way they scientifically have learned how to break the spirit of a nation or break the spirit of a people or break your spirit what they've scientifically learned over the decades is that the way you break people's spirits or the way you break a nation's spirit is by taking away their food, droughts, starving to them, starving them to death, showing constant chaos, constant chaos in the mainstream media. So you're projecting into the subconscious a message that everything is hopeless. There's no way out, there's no god, nobody's going to save you. The only but only person that's going to save you is we, the lovely totalitarian government, which is not true. They're here to kill you. They'll kill you off. Did Hitler? Hitler lied to the Jews by the countless millions. Hitler lied to the uh, uh, Jews about everything. And Hitler's Nazis would tell the Jewish people that they were going to the concentration camp to get job training. They were going to the concentration camp to get a shower, uh, uh, a warm shower, and to be made presentable. And and if you've ever studied history, you've looked at, as I have, the horrible tic- pictures of in the outside of a huge concentration camp, there are about 500 Jewish men wearing suits and ties, their hair combed properly, they're wearing suits and ties, and they're all lined up with their briefcases and they're all excited. You can tell in their eyes. They're all excited because they have been told, they have been told that uh, they're being that there's jobs waiting for them, and that the reason they had them dress up in the concentration camp was so they could go to the new job interview and get their new jobs. And talk about injecting a false hope in men. That's cruel beyond cruelty. What was really happening is they were not being, the Jewish men and the other men that were standing there in the concentration courtyard were not dressed up at all for a job interview or to get jobs. They were dressed up as a psychological ruse for the express purpose of providing a diversion. And once the Jewish businessmen were all dressed up to go to their jobs, their new jobs, they were going to be slaughtered and sent to the gas chambers. And turned into dust and dirt and murdered and slaughtered without any compassion whatsoever. You look at that picture, and what it communicates to you on multiple levels is a living nightmare. And do you think, let me stop for a nanosecond, do you think we go around talking about the fact that God is love? So let me ask you a very personal question Do you think that even remotely you could characterize the God of the Jews and the God of the Christians? As a God of love, when you see a picture of all these Jewish businessmen and some Christian businessmen lined up wearing three piece suits in a concentration camp, and they have a false glimmer of hope in them because they have been told that the reason they're dressed up is because they're going to get showers and cleaned up and prepared to go to their job interviews where they will receive nice jobs to feed their families. So you can imagine that the hope that's that's welling up in their hearts. But that was not the real reason for dressing them up in suits. The real reason for dressing them up in in suits is that the Nazis uh, wanted to give the Jews and the others a diversion, a psychological ruse by which they could fool them into thinking they were getting a job, when in reality they were going to be sent to the concentration camps where they would be burnt alive in the ovens, or gas to death in the gas chambers, in a horrible, agonizing death in front of all the other Jews and Christians who had to watch the, the, the fate, the brutal fate of their, their fellow man, destroyed by living, demon-possessed monsters, also known as the Nazis. And then when they went into the concentration camps, they were told the whole time, and most of the Jews and the non-Christians believed the lie, Hear me now. They believed the lie. They were placated by the lie, and they were told they were being sent to the concentration camps for food, clothing, shelter, job training, to get warm showers, baths, the whole thing. So the women, the children, and the men were all fooled. And they, and they even when they were in the concentration camp, they were expectant about getting their shower and getting cleaned up, and 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 they were excited about the compassion that the Nazis were were exerting towards them. But that's not what happened. They soon discovered, and then they heard rumors while they were in the concentration camp. Rumors would be whispered to them. They would hear that, hey, we're not being sent to get cleaned or showers or train for jobs or get jobs. We're not being trained for anything that has anything to do with jobs. The real reason we're here is they intend to send us into the concentration camps where they fully intend to gas us to death with poisonous gas, and to burn us alive uh, in the Nazi ovens to get rid of the, the ashes in our bodies. Now, these are acts of horrible cruelty, especially in light of the fact that you're th- you think they're giving you job training and they're trying to help you for humanitarian purposes. But you see the Jews and the Christian businessmen who ignored the warnings from people who knew what they were talking about. They were warned numerous times even before they got to the concentration camp. They were warned over and over again that they were going to be sent to the gas chambers and gassed to death and that they would be sentenced into the gas chambers to be killed or they would be sent into the uh fiery ovens. Uh, for warmth and stuff, when in reality they would be sent into the fiery uh, ovens in order to be burnt to death, and all their ashes would be burnt alive, so Auschwitz and the other Nazi concentration camps were living hells. Do you hear what i 'm saying and and god 's people absolutely bristled against the truth when they were told the truth. they refused to hear the truth because it was inconvenient they didn 't want to hear it. They preferred the solace of embracing outrageous lies and dying the most agonizing and horrific death imaginable. Now, all of that happened. It's a matter of historical record. There is film of it. There are pictures of it. There are firsthand accounts of it. I personally have met, when I was a young boy, I met elderly Jews. Who came over from Nazi Germany, and I saw the on their hands and their arms. I saw the, the tattoos which served as the concentration camp numbers. The concentration camp numbers were tattooed on the arms and the hands of these Jewish elderly people who somehow made it through alive, the concentration camps, and with the help of their friends and family. They relocated to places in New York City. So I had childhood friends whose, whose grandparents or parents were Jews who, who survived the concentration camps. So there's no question in my mind that it happened. I, I saw the historical proof. Okay, so now we have been warned. Hear me now. I wouldn't tell you this if it wasn't important. Hear me now. We have been warned over and over again. Our biological, physical, psychological bodies, our means of employment, our means of life, livelihood have all been under siege, have all been under attack for decades now. Most of the time we were asleep. For many of those decades, I was warning you in great detail about what they planned for the future, great detail. And they're in my books like the warning like the Day the Dollar Died, Conquering the Matrix, The Greatest Battle. Are you ready? Uh, Power from On High. Um, I think I said The Greatest Battle and many other books available to you at a discount at PaulMcGuire.us. So going back decades, the copyright proves it. I've been talking about this and warning you, and you can look around, and there isn't anything that's happening that I didn't warn about in in very specific ways. Okay? and that's a matter of record i'm not a johnny come lately i just didn't wake up yesterday now in the same manner that i warned you decades ago those of you that followed me you knew what was coming and it did come didn't it why because i did my homework and i took my job assignment seriously from god and so now we're 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 approaching a different wave a secondary a third and so on and so forth wave coming Because they haven't finished the job. And I'm telling you with the same certainty, the same documentation, and the same facts that I told you decades ago about, I am now telling you in the current time zone what you can realistically expect to happen in the relatively near future. So once again, I am warning you you can ignore it or you can choose to check out to see if it's true. If you make the remote effort to check out and see if it's true, you'll discover quickly it's true, because the facts back me up. Now, if you're going to read some disinformation website, I can't help you. Okay, so the critical thing here is that they are already releasing those mosquitoes that have the pandemic on it. I have read uh, scientists and doctors allege that those who have been vaxxed shed microscopically their vax, and it goes into Readily, it goes into the bodies of the non-vaxxed all around them. Yet despite that scientific and medical truth, their intention and plan, that's alleged by these respectable doctors, is to is to, is to lie, because that's what the Nazis did, they constantly lied. The, the, the second phase of the operation is to outrageously lie and tell people that any new disease, any new infection, any new pandemic is totally the fault of people who refuse the vaccination. And the reason we're suffering from all these problems in society, they create an artificial demon, an artificial bad guy. The reason that, that they have to blame the people who didn't get the vaccination for all the problems of society is because then those people become the scapegoat. Now, that is a principle for conquest, takeover, and demoralization. That precise principle was used exactly by the Nazis decades earlier in Nazi Germany. They deliberately demonized all the Jews and many Christians. They demonized the Jews and the Christians. They blamed their horrible economy on the Jews. They blamed everything on the Jews. They blamed terrorist attacks on the Jews, the economy on the Jews anything bad that happened, they they found a way to blame the Jews. And then they propagandized that even further by magnifying how evil and demonic the Jews were. This is psychological warfare and programming. And it's a psychological warfare principle where you create a scapegoat. You create an artificial enemy for your society's problems. Then you deliberately generate enormous hatred towards the Jews, because the people are now blaming the Jews for all of their problems. The fact of the matter, it was not the Jews that created the problems, it was the Nazis. In the same way now, the people that are spreading the disease are not the non-vaxxed, they're the vaxxed. But even though what I told you was factually true, they're going to lie to you. Because the real purpose of the vaccination and the pandemics and the economic downturn and the crime, and the chaos, and the confusion happening in our society right now. The real hidden agenda behind all of this whirlwind of confusion goes right back to their occult operating principle, which is order out of chaos, or order out of manufactured chaos, or order out of manufactured crisis. You use the occult principle of crisis or chaos to bring about your new world order, also known as the Great Reset. The Great Reset can only be energized and driven by things like psychological warfare weapons, like an artificial, by artificially demonizing people, by creating artificial boogeymen and artificial problems like pandemics, etc. You whip up the people into a terrified frenzy, and then you scapegoat your enemies. Now, who are your enemies? Your enemies have nothing to do with the people who have disease or don't have disease. Your enemies are the people who have the intelligence, the smarts, the education, and the perception to see through the lies, to see through the trickery. Those people are very, very dangerous to your globalist takeover because they don't want a lot of people who can see through the charade to be walking around. Therefore, they have to get rid of them by artificially demonizing them. And that's what we're seeing now in phase two of this operation. So I am telling you this with sobriety. There's no intention on my part of sensationalization. I'm telling you the facts with sobriety, humility, and the greatest sense of urgency. What I told you, and many of you were with me back then, it all came true. And if it didn't come true you look at it again, it did come true, but it may have been called a different name or painted a different color. But it was the same thing that came true. And so I'm telling you now, there is a plan by the globalist elite. They have written down the plan in detail to take over planet Earth and to enslave planet Earth. And they, the people who are backing this operation financially are the same people that financed the Nazi secret societies. The same trillionaire Nazi occult money that financed Adolf Hitler is also the same trillionaire Nazi money which financed World War II. And their game is to take away as to take over planet Earth by creating a new world order. Now, the globalist elite are very clever. They have renamed the new war, world order into the global reset. They have renamed the New World Order, consisting of a one-world government, one-world religion, and one-world economic system. They simply call that now the Global Reset. They've just changed the verbiage and the nomenclature, the name of these things, so they can sneak it by the masses. These are the same people who created artificially the Federal Reserve, and they are occultists. And my books explain the occult satanic and luciferian links between these various gr- groups which goes all the way back in history. Okay. For today that's enough. But now what we both need to do is to continue to become educated and we do what we can do with great intelligence and wisdom we strategically and effectively use spiritual warfare and strategic methods methods of impact to alter the direction of our nation and our society. If we will be faithful to God in obeying that call, we can turn back the tide of this battle. It does not have to be a, a instant repeat of World War II and Adolf Hitler. If God's people, even a significant minority of God's people, will repent to the Lord of their sin of apathy, if even a percentage of God's people rise To the power of his call and begin to obey him and begin to engage in the spiritual battle to take back our nation and our planet. If even a significant percentage of God's people choose to obey the Lord at this critical hour and choose to rise under the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit, you will, I will experience at that moment. That's the moment that you decide to stop playing games. That's the moment that you press into the Lord God Almighty and ask him for what you need in intercessory prayer by coming boldly to the throne of grace. That's the moment I'm talking about. So at the very moment you make the quality decision to obey with an act of your will, by grace, you decide to come boldly to the throne of grace through the blood of Jesus, and you decide to boldly enter into the throne room of grace and wage spiritual warfare with intercessory prayer in all fervency and all sincerity the moment you decide to do that, you become supernaturally a corporate part of the supernatural body of Christ. And as a member of the supernatural body of Christ on earth, you find that all of a sudden, miraculously, if you will, you are clothed with power from on high. You are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and the mind of Christ. And then you will find out very quickly that when you face these challenges, when you face these battles, as they come up one by one, which they will, when you face and encounter the enemy on multiple levels, you will also find that simultaneously you have been given by God an endowment of power from on high. That means you will be filled with an extraordinary infusion of the power of the Holy Spirit outlined in the book of Acts. And as you worship the most high God and as you call upon his name and as you ask Jesus to answer your prayer, God will hear your prayer heal from heaven, and heal your land. And in the moment you decide to stop playing, in the moment you decide to to, to lay your body on the ground and your face down on the ground and go into intense intercessory prayer, the moment you decide to cry out to God with all your heart, soul, and mind, the moment you engage in that all-important obedience, the moment you do that, the 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 tide of the spiritual battle will change. Do not do not be seduced by the momentary illusion of tranquility. By the time you hear this message, there will be the reverberation in your hearts and minds, the actual reverberation of spiritual counterattack from the heavenlies, and that will be God's way of showing us that even in the lateness of the hour, we have the opportunity of calling upon the mercy or the unmerited favor of God. So let me suggest to you, let me exhort to you as your brother in Christ, I am devoted with everything in me in the time allotted that God has given me and you and our families. I have determined to use every ounce of my strength, my ability, and everything the Lord has given me. I have decided to fight the spiritual battle he has called me to fight and to alert my brothers and sisters and to help mobilize my brothers and sisters. Now, we're working on many things that will unleash the powerful force of God and deliverance upon our nation. I can't openly discuss all of this with you, or I would subvert the possibility of achievement of those goals, and I don't intend to do that. But I am telling you that I am very busy, along with other people, in moving forward strategically, in moving forward under the counsel of the Word of God, and moving forward as my life depended upon it, because it does, and so does yours. I have purposed in my heart to move forward in faith in God's word and to trust God to the extent where I believe that I believe that I believe that as I march forward in faith I can occupy the land as Christ wants us to. America at this moment in time, yes, the the, the, the season is precarious, but yes, we are well able to take the land, as Joshua said. And so let me close with the words of Joshua to Almighty God. When God commanded the, the, the men of Joshua and Joshua and Caleb to go into the promised land as spies, Joshua, filled with faith, replied to the Lord, we see them as grasshoppers and they see us as giants, but we are well able to take the land. Their perception was redeemed. And so I say to you, if we unite together in prayer, in unity, in finances, in activism, we are well able to take the land. So I'm asking you to stand with me now and join with me. Ask the Lord specifically, Lord, what would you have me donate or contribute to Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church? And then give generously as the Lord speaks to your heart and do what God tells you to do. Because guess what? Where we're going, if we don't stop it, your money and my money won't do us a hoot of good anyway. And if you think differently, then you're in a delusion. That's one critical thing. Another critical thing is we must always be in spiritual warfare for our nation, the spiritual battle, and we must be in spiritual warfare uh, against the principalities and powers that are raging against us. We must also... When I ask you to, I I mean it with everything in me. Thank you so much, by the way, for doing this. Thank you for signing up to my e-blast list, my prophecy e-blast list, my social media page. Every time you sign up and say you like or follow one of our social media pages, you are helping to break the evil, artificially intelligent, driven uh, rigging rigging of truthful uh, social media sites. So if we do this together and other things together, guess what? Our our efforts are substantially multiplied in the echo chamber of God's power if we move forward in faith, confident in the knowledge, as I am, that what I've asked you to do, there's a faithful remnant among you that are doing way beyond what I've asked you to do, and I thank you for it ahead of time. Thank you for your faithfulness, and thank you for stepping out in faith and thanking, thanking you for choosing to be someone who is involved as a peaceful soldier of Jesus and not somebody who is retreating from the battle. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. We stand together. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us.